0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Jasmine's First Impression Sports Talk. We have a lot to get into, especially the big hoopla that happened yesterday in NFL, so let's get started.
1: Welcome to Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk, the fastest-growing sports talk show in the country. And now, here's your host, Jasmine Pollock.
0: Welcome back to Jazz's First Impression Sports Talk. And to kick the knife, we're going to talk about the biggest and most egregious play call that we've ever seen, one of the penalties that probably shook the whole sports world as a whole yesterday. So let's bring in Jeremiah and let's bring in Cole. We're going to get into the roughing the passer call that was called against um, Jarrett, the defender, on Tom Brady. So let's run the clip just to show the viewers how bad this call was. So we see um, during the game the the Bucks had pretty much had the upper hand the whole game until that fourth quarter. You see the Falcons start to get a roll on. Fourth quarter happens. As you can see, the, the Falcons are making a comeback. Defense is playing out of their minds and they make a sack on a third and five play. Look at this play, you guys. How is this roughing the passer? How is it? Now, Cole, I want to start with you. What was your reaction to this? And should we be able to review plays like this?
2: Um, All I'm going to say is that is a terrible call. So, but it's not surprising because if you put a hand on Tom Brady, you're going to get called. Mm-hmm. It's just the unfortunate truth. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like that, but that's that's the way it is. Now, let me also, too, pick out a play in another game To show everyone how ridiculous the NFL officiating is. Kenny Pickett goes down for a slide. Slides and gets hit. That's not a penalty. That is somehow legal. But Grady Jarrett of the Atlanta Falcons perfectly clean sack on Brady. There is no way that is roughing the passer. But he gets called for roughing the passer. So how is he? Have, so how does he supposed to hit him? Does he have to play two-hand touch with Tom Brady? Of uh, Tom Brady's not allowed to get hit. It's football. This is this league is becoming to be is starting to become a joke, and it is a joke. The NFL has been awful this year. The officiating has been awful for the past couple of years, and I think the fans are really starting to get sick of it.
0: Yes, and that is including me.
2: (laughs) There is just so much wrong with NFL officiating. It is not consistent at all. It's garbage, and this league is starting to become garbage.
0: Some strong words, Cole. I mean, like I said before, I've been saying this for the past couple weeks, especially this week. That play right there, I think, like I said, was the nail in the coffin for me. I'm not really impressed with the NFL, even though this is one of the most exciting. Um, sports franchises in the country and it's starting to get worldwide. People are starting to get um, in tuned into it and plays like that just cannot happen. I mean, a young defender is trying to make a play for his team to get the ball back to the offense because the Bucks defense was not stopping Marriott and the offense. They, they had no answers. They can't, they storm back from being t- down 21 to zero and they go for the two point conversion in the fourth and they end up getting it. It's a six point game defense. Came to play in the fourth quarter for the Atlanta Falcons, and that play call could have jeopardized them, the um the lead in the division, because they both were competing for the leads in the division, and you you took it from them, and it irritates me because it, and then on top of that, after the sack, which it was a sack, Tom Brady looks at the official, are like like he's supposed to get called for something, and then you throw the flag. Oh, what was the call on? Oh, it was roughing the passer what are you looking for a flag for, Brady? You've been playing in this league for as long as I've been alive. You've seen plays, you've been you've been playing football for years, and you're looking for a flag on that play? I was so irritated because, for one, I don't like when games are decided by officials, unless you really, really have to. The game should be decided by coaches. It should be decided by the players who are playing the game, not the refs. So I was really irritated about that, and it's like, can these plays be reviewed? And I think they should. You review everything else. You review um, turnovers. You review scoring plays. Can't coaches say, you know what, I'm going to throw the challenge flag on that. I do not think that was rough in the passer because that swings the whole momentum of the game, which was towards the Atlanta Falcons. So it's just irritating. But what I heard from all the sports talk today, from Undisputed, First Take, and all these um sports shows, was that the play the um the penalty has a lot to do with what the TUA concussion protocol because we know the p- concussion protocol went into effect yesterday and we want and, and a play like that could have caused Tom Brady to be injured which he didn't hit his head but it doesn't matter because in the same game I'll give you guys another one in the same game the second half one of the defenders for the Atlanta Falcons hits Brady low and the ball's already out of Brady's hands they didn't call pass uh, uh, a pa- uh, roughing the passer then but on the last play like that, when you're doing something like that, when it's third down and the team has to get the first down or they have to punt the ball, you call it that. And it's a simple, uh, simple sack. I mean, Aaron Donald sacks the quarterback the same way. They don't call him for that. So it's just a lot of issues that I have. And I feel bad for the Atlanta Falcons because they were robbed. I believe 100% they were robbed. But this has always been kind of Tom Brady's career where there's questionable calls. And he's always on the good end of those calls. So, Jeremiah, to you, what was your reaction to this, and do you think this has a lot to do with what happened with Tua?
3: I would say in some parts, but not in all parts. because I would say in some parts because they're trying to also protect the quarterback and also protect the player, but that's still at the same time. Brady, when that that tackle happened, Brady did not land on his head. He didn't even get slammed hard in a way that – he was just, you know, standing still, had a certain injury. It was a normal takedown. He wrapped him up and he took him down. And he even rolled him over on, like, the fender was on the ground and just rolled Tom Brady over on the side. It wasn't Jeremiah, give me, give me
0: one second. Can we roll the tape again to show the people again that he didn't hit his head? Can we see this again? Please. I want everyone at home, watch this he play. He didn't How charge at this? his Ruffing head. The passer.
3: He didn't, he didn't make any head contact with him, even when he got towards Brady. It was a it was a simple wrap up, and he took him down like a regular, like a regular defender. Look, this is a regular sack. And then you would say is a loss of down. But because Brady went on this this complaining rampage afterwards and was kicking, you know, they was like, Oh, we're just give it to him. But if it was any other quarterback, really, would they make that same call? That's my thing at the end of the day. When it comes to the NFL, Mm -hmm.
1: they're
3: they're not always showing the same energy when it comes to every single team. It's always got to be a big name in order to get certain calls.
0: And then another thing. So the referee, after the game, so they asked him about it. He says he thinks that the defender threw Tom Brady down unnecessarily. Cole, what, what do you mean Throw him down unnecessarily? What are you talking about?
2: The only thing I'm going to say that ref is, yo, dude, is this tackle football or is it flag football? <laughs> that's that's like- the only thing I have to say. This whole new thing with the concussion protocol, yeah, we need to take concussions a lot more seriously in the NFL, but what happened to two was totally preventable. We should have, we, like, all you have to do is follow it when he got injured against the Bills and take him out. But Thank I you. guess, you know, some of those doctors just had no common sense, uh, stuff like that. But you know, it's normal. It's the NFL. The NFL is starting to become garbage. I already yeah. said it and it is. Yes, I agree. To it's totally inconsistent. Now, the only point I'm trying to make is I'm a Steelers fan. I watch Kenny Pickett, goes down for a slide, and then as then when he slid, guy comes over and hits him. So that's not a penalty. That is considered legal. Anyone care to explain? The NFL can't explain this garbage. At all. Because what they're (laughs) doing right now is the officiating sucks. It's been like this way for years. I'm so sick and tired of this, and I don't want to see games decided by officiating. Games should be decided on the field with the teams at play. Not a call that is not even close to a penalty. It's a clean hit. It is football. There is going to be physicality in it. And there's going to be just because something also, too, someone goes and hits them hard, doesn't mean it's a penalty.
0: Exactly. It's the same
2: way with hockey, it's the same way with other physical sports. NFL better get their stuff Mm -hmm. together because I hate to say it, people are getting really sick and tired of it. Because a lot of the games this year, I'm not impressed at all. Sloppy football.
0: And then on top of that, to add to it not being roughing the passers, Brady is starting to scramble. And the kid is chasing him and trying to sling him down because you see these quarterbacks, they step outside the pocket, and they might throw some something down the field. Receiver ends up being down there. What was the kid supposed to do? But I hope the NFL gets this fixed because as a fan, I'm disappointed. And I hear Jeremiah and Cole, I know you guys are disappointed and the fans at home are sick of this because this is – you're causing issues now. Now the players – it's out of the players' hands now. Now it's the officiating's fault now. It's it's annoying and it needs to be fixed. But we're going to head into the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Cole, um, I'm so sorry that we're – all of us, all of our hearts are bleeding right now because all of our teams did not do what they were supposed to do yesterday. Cole, thirty-eight to three. Talk to me. What what went down? What happened?
2: Um, there's not a lot I can say, but I'm just going to say it. Anything in my notes, they did nothing well. You lost thirty-eight to three. You sucked all the way around. Just going to keep it completely honest. The team isn't very good. I know but they're the Steelers. They're going to they're going to get 500 this year. No, they're not. What if you if you have watched any of the games, what have they done to show that they are going to be a 500 team? They aren't doing anything well. In their past 5 drafts, they've been horrible. Fans need to start recognizing it. Go and look at some of these draft picks that mm-hmm. they have. It has been awful. I can even show a little bit of proof of how bad their drafts have been. Let me pull up Twitter here for a second.
0: Take your time. <laughs> Definitely take your time because there's a lot of questions that I have because the Steelers are one of those franchises that we look to and say, hey, like, you know, it's one of the more storied franchises. A lot of Hall of Famers came out of there. So, Cole, just talk for all Steelers fans. Yep. Talk for all Steelers. Yep.
2: So, this is my buddy Adam uh, from at home in uh, Morris, PA, made this. 2015 first round, Bud Dupree, decent, gone. Senquez Golson, he was a bust. Sammy Coates, gone. He's a bust. Doran Grant, gone. 2015, nobody's on the team anymore. 2016, Artie Burns, first round, bust. Sean Davis, gone. Hargrave, he was a good player. He's gone. Gerald Hawkins, gone. 2017. This was a good draft for them. They took TJ Watt in the first round. They got Juju. Good pick, but he's gone. Cam Sutton, good pick. Still there. Connor was a good pick. He's gone. And Dobbs was just a waste of a draft pick. 2018. (laughs) Terrell Edmonds. He's okay. James Washington. Bust. Mason Rudolph. He's a bust. Chooks Okorafor, he sucks. (laughs) Devin Bush, bust. Deontay is overrated. Um, Can he catch a football? Yes, that's a big question. Can he catch football? I don't think he can, and he's not a number one receiver. They gave him way too much money. (laughs) Justin Lane, bust. Benny Snow, bust. 2020, Claypool, he's overrated. I think he's a bust as well. What's he done? I think he's a moron on the field, to be completely honest with you. Alex Highsmith. Okay, we'll see We'll see how. And McFarlane, waste. 2021, they took Najee Harris in the first round. What did I say on draft night? You should take an offensive lineman. What <laughs> has Najee done this year? Nothing. So, they don't want to admit it, but their draft late, lately, for the past, like, six years, they've sucked. So, maybe, maybe now we go and we see the root problem with this team. They don't draft well. And in the NFL, if you don't draft well, you're not going to have a very good team because teams are built through the draft.
0: Exactly. They're not
2: built through free agency and trades. You have to get those players who can become good players in the draft and starters for you. There you go. That's the Steelers' problems. And coaching also, Matt Canada needs to be fired. <laughs> if there is no accountability for a team losing 38 to three and their offense have been stagnant this entire season, <laughs> <I'm sitting there. laughs> then like what what are we doing here? It's the NFL. If you don't perform, you're gonna get fired and you're not gonna have a job. And you're gonna need, you're gonna need to go and prove to someone why you should have a job in the NFL.
0: Well said. So that is from a Steelers fan, everyone. I mean, this is no joke. I mean, even our producer Jay, he's a Steelers fan. So I feel for you guys. My Packers didn't do well yesterday, uh, but we don't have time to talk about them now. So we're going to hit into a short break. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA and NBA predictions and which players have the most pressure. So we'll be right back.
1: Renting is everything. It's style at your doorstep, off the runway, and into your closet. It's every trend you've been dying to try, and every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time, and making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything. New styles, top designers, all for a flat monthly fee. Start your subscription at renttherunway.com.
3: Slow roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand. This is the way pit pork has always been done. Old pork lovers, rejoice. The smoky old days are back at the Smoke Shack. From the creative team that brought you The Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white-collar crime forever. Falling from the Sky.
1: Watching Jasmine Pollock's First Impressions Sports Talk. Be sure to join Jasmine every week for great conversation on the NBA, NFL, and a wide variety of sports topics. To see past episodes of First Impressions Sports Talk, go to YouTube and search First Impressions Sports Talk. You can connect with Jasmine on LinkedIn by searching Jasmine. And now, back to more First Impressions Sports Talk.
0: Welcome back to Jasmine's First Impressions Sports Talk. And the voices you just heard were from Kelly Johnson and Dion Hunter. If you would like um, voiceover work done for your projects, you can go to the Leon Thomas group and get in contact with Leon Thomas. If you'd like to be a guest on my show and see past episodes of my show, you can go to my website at jasmineonsports.com. So let's bring in Jeremiah. So the second segment we're going to talk about is the NBA. So Jeremiah, being that what we just talked about last segment with Cole, how the NFL is not really doing as much and we're not really excited or happy about what's going on, what are your expectations for the NBA season? And, you know, what are some of your predictions?
3: Well, um, when it comes to my prediction, uh, for me, um, I have, first of all, the Lakers are going to do way better than they did last season. (laughs) I have them doing way better. I would have them at least making the playoffs and everything else. For the Miami Heat, my team in a 305, I have them getting back to our spot, but I know that a lot of people did leave like P.J. Tucker and other big ones, and you know we're starting to get back into our group. But one thing about Miami, they always find a way to be there.
0: Yes. But
3: the ones that I feel like, are everybody's going to have the big eyes on that needs to be proving is the whole Brooklyn next roster. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Because
3: you guys have everybody back. There's no more pandemic anymore. Kyrie says he's all in. Durant said he's all in there. There's no more trading and everything else going on. What is about to happen? You have Ben Simmons back. And this is my thing. You can't just make the playoffs go to no – Eastern Conference Final, it has to be championship. Am I wrong, Jasmine?
0: You're not. Um, time is actually ticking for Kevin Durant, um, and he. that was one of my biggest predictions. When I look at this Brooklyn Nets team, you know, the, there was so much turmoil in the past few years when KD, Kyrie, and Harden were there, and then the swap between the Sixers and them for, for Ben Simmons, and then they send James Harden over there. And you know, Ben Simmons already has his own situation going on with the shooting stuff, his back injury, all of that. This team is full of nothing but distractions. And it's really disappointing because I do feel bad, bad for Steve Nash. He's just the coach trying to get there. He's a proven player in this league. And he's just trying to put this team together and just prove himself. And these players, you know, are not giving him that benefit. They're not helping him out with that. And for Kevin Durant. I don't want to hear people say he's a leader anymore because he is not. He is not a leader of that team because a leader does not do that. A leader does not say, you know, or starts complaining and goes on the internet and starts doing all these different things, causing issues with the organization. And then, oh, I'm back. No, no. So the Brooklyn Nets are in hot water. I really want to see what Brooklyn's going to do because for Kevin Durant, now Kyrie Irving's a little different. His situation is a little different, but for Durant, After leaving Golden State, and Golden State just is is coming off a championship win, and now everyone's looking at you. So, I mean, Curry did it without you.
3: Yeah, you're on the three-year deal right now. Kyrie can just leave. After this this year, he can just leave. Just like how Westbrook is on his last year, they can just Mm -hmm. leave right afterwards. Durant, you chose to be there, and you signed a max deal. You don't have Blake Griffin there no more. Nope. You guys have Ben Simmons right now that you're stuck with. So, who knows how that's really going to go at the end of the day. But one thing I can say, though, for my, I would say my underrated team that I feel like is going to be a great dark horse, but also had a great season last year and got a little bit close, is probably the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of people are probably going to overlook them because, you know, they're just like maybe one-man sh- show with um, Luca, But how Jason Kidd did his first year with Dallas – to where they picked up their defense when they was playing the the Suns and made a a true identity and actually pushed them more, I think is going to instill in them this year that, you know, we was on the verge of getting to that next step. Now they can actually get to that next step if they just supply themselves. Now you already know that the contenders are going to be, of course, Golden State and the, the veteran ones that, you know, has been there, done that. But as a young team, I think they can get over the hump just of that defensive mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, one team that I want to give them a dark horse, but it's just about injuries, is the Memphis Grizzlies. Now we saw what they did last year without Jaw, and we saw that um, they were able to win 20 games without him. But he is their number one guy. He is the face of that of that franchise, and the I want to give them that dark horse. They had a great season, you know, to start out. But it's like, is can John Morant be healthy? Can he come playoff time, deep in the playoffs, the second round, can he be healthy? And that is yet to be seen. So I really want to see what they're going to do. But I'll put them as a dark horse. And then, of course, I like the Dallas Mavericks. I think Luka's a, one of the uh, best young players that we have in this league. I'm really excited for him. But not to mention, I'm going to say one more team, the champions from two years ago, the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. I think Giannis is upset. I think he is like, man, people, you know, people forgot. Now, I predicted them not going back last year. I did predict that. Said I don't think they're going to be back next year, but in the coming years, watch out for the Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Middleton got injured,
3: and that was a big piece to them. Exactly, could have went all the way to be honest.
0: So now I'm looking at them. I I look at how they're stacked up. I look at how Giannis is going to come back stronger. I think Chris Middleton is going to come back healthier. Watch out for the um, Milwaukee Bucks. And then another team that we have questions about, now I have a lot of questions, is, of course, the Boston Celtics. We heard about the news about the coach, Eme Udoka, and what he did. um, But how is that going to have an effect on the team? What are we going to see from this Boston Celtics team after having that meltdown in the finals? Jeremiah, what are your expectations for the Celtics? Can they get back to that status? Or do you think Eme Udoka's situation is going to affect this team greatly?
3: I will always say when it comes to uh, NBA or NFL team, it is always hard to get back to the championship or just even the, the finals games, because in order for you guys to, to do what you did last year, you have to bring it back and do it all over again to so many that watched you and just say, okay, we understand what you guys are doing now. We're going to apply ourselves. We're going to get better and everything else. When it comes to the Celtics right now, I worry about them because they have a leader in, um, they have a leader, a uh, uh, difficulty. I feel like they don't know who is the alpha in the whole team. They were, they, they think sometimes uh Jason Tatum, sometimes they think it's Jalen Brown, and you can't do that. You, you, there has to be one alpha inside your team that is your leader that says, "Okay, follow me," right? Whenever we go in, and that's how they really struggle to even win against the Warriors. You I didn't think, know who's gonna lead,
0: right? I think when we. Everyone was thinking it was Jason Tatum, but when we saw when we saw him in the finals against the against the Warriors, I think we said, "I don't know about Jason Tatum. We don't know if he has that clutch gene or that that dog gene." Now I saw that yes. from um, Jalen for sure. Jalen was there. Jalen Brown. He competed. He was playing defense, scoring. He was doing a lot of different things for the team. Not to say Jason Tatum isn't a good young player. He's a very one of the good young players in our league, but. The question mark is when you are playing in the finals, you know, this is your first finals appearance and I get you're nervous and different things like that, but you're playing against the warriors and what they stand for without Kevin Durant, you got to go in there and you have to say, you know what? I'm here. here. Yes. And, and the Celtics have always been around. They've always went to the conference finals, but could never get past the final, the conference finals. They finally broke the barrier and, they later an and egg. then it's like
3: you guys folded after you know the, the mm-hmm. first game, and then the decision making when it comes to everything. Now, speaking of decision making, I wanted to ask you because I was gonna ask myself who do you think for your prediction is going to be the MVP for this upcoming of this season? season? Yeah.
0: Oh um,
3: wait, I would say a big man or a guard.
0: I'm gonna say a guard. Um a guard? I think – you know, I'm going to say it. I think LeBron is going to try to go for the MVP, 100%, because I think that LeBron is going to definitely go in there. And there's always – of course, there's going to be questions about the Lakers and seeing what the Lakers are going to do, which I think I agree with you. I think they're going to do a lot better. You know, they add Patrick Beverly. He's going to boost that defense. <laughs> then they got the assistant coach for um, the from from the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think it's going to be – it's going to be good for them. But I think year 20 – how he's playing, especially how he looked in preseason. I am really, really excited for what LeBron's going to bring. I think LeBron is going to really have a great shot at winning the MVP. I think this man said I've been playing – he's been playing for a long time. And he's finally saying, you know, I'm going to show these guys I can still do it. I mean, <laughs> we're still having conversations about him being in the top five and being or being in the top ten. We're still having those conversations. yeah, but Jeremiah, and- final question, mm-hmm. final question.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The Lakers and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> what's going to happen with that you know they tried to trade him. this is his final final year on the contract what's going to happen with the lakers are they going to trade him because i know he's not happy about patrick beverly being there i know for a fact he's not
3: listen i think that this is going to be Russ's combat year but i'm going to say so. if everything but if everything doesn't go good at the beginning i believe the lakers will be like okay let's let's get buddy hill and everybody now we'll give up those, those two picks which I think they should have did before, but still at the same time, either way, either team that Russ is going to be on, I feel like he's going to have a way better season than he did have last year. I think more so he was more in his head. I, I'm not going to say that he he was not, you know, terrible in all aspects with his with selfishness. You know, it, it, he was terrible. But at the same time, I feel like most of that was mostly playing inside of his head, trying to prove too much when it's like, you have to play within the team because we already know that he's a talented player. But he has to know that you have to play your role how the team wants you to play your role. You can still do your thing, but you have to adjust. And that's that. And that's the thing that, that, that happens.
0: I'm going to be honest, Jeremiah. I, I like Westbrook. I really do. But I think this is his last hurrah. I think he's been bounced around for a couple years and he has not proven that he can change his game. I don't know if Patrick Beverly may motivate him or any a former fashion like that because I think Patrick is gonna get some very serviceable minutes. I think he's gonna get some big minutes playing in these games because you know what he means on defense. And he can be streaky on the three-point line and scoring. He can give you a quick 10 points if he if he if he wanted to. But for Russell, I'm I don't know if he's gonna change. I don't know if he's gonna change his playing.
3: Yeah, I do agree. Because it just can't be, you know, only about Westbrook. You have to think about everybody else when it comes to the whole team, all the aspects. Because as a player for the for the Lakers is more than self, is more is the team. This is a huge dynasty, just like how we were talking about the Celtics before. This is a huge dynasty when it comes to everything of the NBA for the Lakers. And, uh, you know, I uh, like you just said, I hope that the Lakers uh, get it together, especially with Russell, and they they try to, try to make it work. But at the end of the day, uh, I think they're going to go forward. I know we lost Jasmine right here, but, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and make sure to keep catching uh, Jasmine on First Impressions. You guys have a great night.